This is us. Yeah, we've been going through this series for the past few weeks, looking at us and who we are as a church and what God is wanting to do in us and through us. We've had uh, individuals and couples share with us through these videos, some that have been with us for a few years, some that have been with us for many years, and some that are very recent. But all of them are a part of us. This is us. This is not an individual journey that we are on. There are some individual decisions and commitments that we have to make, but we are not on this journey alone. We are all on this journey together. One of the reasons that Jesus established the church is so that we would not be alone on this journey. And that's one of the reasons we're going through this series of This Is Us. Because it's all of us together in what God is calling us to do and where he's calling us to go and how he's calling us to do it. About what he wants to do in this community and surrounding communities through Glen Cove Christian Church. We've been looking at this passage of scripture in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 9 where it says, Now you are no longer strangers to God, no longer foreigners to heaven. But now you are members of God's very own family. You are citizens of God's country. And you belong in God's household with every other Christian. You see, we're in this thing together. We are citizens together. We are members together. We belong together with each other as we go through. This has been a rough time. This has been a rough year. But we've gone through it together. We've had to make adjustments throughout all of this. But we've done it together. And I would encourage you that if you're going through anything on your own, to invite the church to be a part of whatever it is you're going through. Because that's why we're here. It's so that we can travel this journey together. This is us. Now, over the course of this series, we looked at our salvation in the first week, which is really the foundation of all of this. Without us sharing this salvation in Jesus, the other three parts of this series, they don't have any meaning. <laughs> You've got to have that foundation of salvation in Jesus before any of this other stuff has any meaning whatsoever. But from there, last week, we talked about our statements, looking at our purpose as a church looking at our values as a church, looking at our faith that we share and are unified in as a church as we continue to move forward. Today we're looking at our strategy. Next week we're going to look at a structure, how, how a biblical church is structured. But today we want to look at strategy. Now I shared with you early on in this series that some of the stuff we're still working on, there's still some specifics that we're working through as a leadership team. But there are some general views of this that we can get, and that's what we're going to be going through today. What's in, in general sense, what does it mean to share a strategy of doing what God wants us to do in and through us? Because you realize the message never changes, but the methods are always changing. I mean, just six months ago, would you have ever dreamt that you would have been hearing a message while you sit every other pew and 
Charlie and Joe and myself are in this fish tank talking. <laughs> 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 Who would have ever dreamed that, you know, eight months ago? But that's exactly what we're doing. Why? Because we had to change our methods. Because of the situation, we had to change our methods and our strategy in order to reach, reach people. We have tremendously stepped up our online presence. And let me just say that some of you are here this morning because of our online presence. There was a change of strategy. The method, I mean, the message never changes. The message will remain the same because we don't create the message. The message was given to us by God. But in every situation, we have to adjust the methods in order to communicate that message. You know, 500 years ago, you know how they used to do worship? The worship leader would say the words, and then you would sing them. So it would be like, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And then everybody would go, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And then the leader would say, the sacred wretch like me. And they would say, that saved a wretch like me. We don't do that anymore. We've changed that method. It's the same message. We've changed the method. Now, after the printing press came out and it became very inexpensive to be able to, to print on paper and in books and stuff, we got these things called hymnals. Anybody remember hymnals? Where they had the lyrics in there, and they had the, the music in there, and the shaped notes, and if you knew how to read that stuff, you could sing in four-part harmony and all that stuff. And we'd all hold these books up and stand up, and we would sing these songs. And then eventually, about 20, 30 years ago, well, probably 30, 40 years ago now, we started coming out with these projectors. And then it started out with overhead projectors. Y'all remember those? You get these printouts of these clear sheets, or if you couldn't print it out, you'd take a marker and you'd actually write on these clear sheets and put it over here. And it looked like Star Wars because it was bigger at the top than it was at the bottom. And then all this, <laughs> you put that up on a screen, and eventually we got projectors where everything would be the same size. I heard somebody say one time, so we used to sing out of a book, now we sing off the wall. <laughs> 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 but see, all that is is just a changing of methods. We've changed methods over the year to better communicate the same message. And we've always got to be looking at that. We've always got to be looking at that. Look at this passage of Scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses uh, 22 and 23. This is Paul writing here to the Corinthian church, and he says, I have, in short, been all things to all sorts of men, that by every possible means I might win some to God. I do all this for the sake of the gospel. <laughs> this is his strategy. He, he, when, he's, when he speaks to one group, he uses one strategy. When he's speaking to another group, he uses another strategy. When Paul was speaking to the Jews, he used a lot of the Old Testament scripture. When he was speaking to the Gentiles, he didn't use a whole lot of Old Testament scripture. As a matter of fact, in some cases, he used secular um, poets. To communicate the same message. Matter of fact, he went into this one town one time and they had all these religious statues that they had put up in honor of different gods. And you know, Paul didn't go in there and say, tear down these 
that you are a very religious people. You have all these statues to different gods. They have one statue that said to the unknown God. And Paul focused in on that. He goes, I notice you have one that says to the unknown God. Let me tell you about that unknown God. And then he began to share with them the gospel. See, he didn't do that with the Jewish people. He didn't do that with all Gentile people. He did that with this group because he, he met them where they were. He found something in common with them. And he used that commonality to be able to share about the one true God who sent his son to die for us so we spend eternity with him. Message never changed. The methods are always changing. And what it really comes down to is about the church becoming intentional. We don't just get up and, and spout out the gospel and say, okay, if you want it, come get it. If you don't, who cares? But it's about being intentional about reaching people with the gospel. Find what you have in common with them and strike up a conversation from there that would eventually lead into a sharing of the gospel. Not you beating them over the head of the Bible or anything like that, but just sharing what Jesus has done for you in your life. It's all about strategy, about being intentional, about using whatever method is best in that particular situation. Now, as we look at our strategy, we want to look at three, three things this morning. We're going to look at our story, our target, and our process. And again, some of this stuff is still being worked out. But first and foremost, we want to look at our story. We've got to look at where we've come from before we know where we're going. Because you realize everything that we are right now is built upon everything that we've been in the past. Every minister, every elder, every deacon, every member of this church that came before us has helped us be who we are right now. Without them, we're somebody else or possibly we don't even exist as a congregation without those people. Back in the 1950s, there was a group called Go Ye Chapel. They're now called the Orchard Group. They're a church planning group. Their main ministry is starting new churches. And in the 50s, a group of these people from this organization got together and began to pray about starting a new church on Long Island. They felt like God was leading them to start a new church on Long Island. And so they began to pray earnestly where that church was going to be. And they eventually felt and agreed that God was leading them to start a new church right here on this property in Glen Cove. And in September of 1959, they broke ground to put a building right here. And by April of 1960, they had their first worship service right here. The minister's name was James Dempsey. He was the first senior minister of Glen Cove Christian Church. And I tell you what, we still got somebody who was at that first service. Eula Porgion. 
Jeff's mom. Is Jeff still here? Yeah, Jeff. There's Jeff here in the back. Jeff's mom was here. As far as I know, she's the only charter member still around from that first that first year of being here. And through the years, they've had they've had a few ministers. Like I said, um, James Dempsey was the first minister here. Um, William Parker was the second minister. The third minister was uh, Mike Coy. The next minister was Lawrence Kepler. Some of you who have been around here for several years may remember Lawrence Kepler. While Lawrence Kepler was here, they started a new congregation to reach the Spanish-speaking community of this area. That Spanish-speaking congregation still meets here in this building on Sunday evenings. And when they started that congregation, they hired a guy by the name of Jim Fed. That name sounds familiar. Oh, yeah. They hired Jim Fegley in 1985 to be the senior minister of the Spanish church. Two years later, in 1987, the senior minister position for this congregation, the English-speaking congregation, became open, and Jim became the minister of this congregation in 1987 and remained the minister of this congregation until he retired in 2019. Now, I don't know what this congregation was thinking about, but they brought in this goofy guy from Kentucky. <laughs> and let me just say that since he's been here, we've had a flooded basement. <laughs> we've had a tree fall down in our, our playground back here and tear down a fence that borders with our neighbors. We've had a tropical storm that tore down trees and limbs all over the, the property and, and, and caused a little bit of destruction to the property. And oh yeah, we had a pandemic that shut down the building for seven months. You guys are going to start thinking that I'm bad luck. Send me back to Kentucky. Listen, it has been a crazy year. We've been here a little over a year. We came in August of 2019, and it has been a crazy year. But we've continued to move forward, and we've continued to do it together. And as I said, we made the adjustments that we needed to make. We had to make some hard decisions. As a staff and as leadership, we've had to make some tough decisions over the past seven months. And listen, some of them weren't so good. Some of them were very good. And when they weren't good, we looked at them and we said, okay, how can we make it better? How can we make a better decision? And you know what? I love you guys for being so patient with us. Because this has not been an easy seven months. It's not been easy for you. It's not been easy for us in the leadership position. It's been a tough seven months. But you know what? This is us. Our celebrations as well as our struggles. This is us. Whatever you're going through, we're going through. Whatever I'm going through, we are all going through. Because this isn't me. We didn't call this series, This Is Me. We called it, This Is Us. Because we're all in this thing together. Sometimes we'll make good decisions. Sometimes we'll make bad decisions. But let's always be united as we continue to move forward because this is 
us. It's us. And 60 years from now, some minister, it won't be me. I said 60. I, I said that in the first service, and somebody asked me afterwards, says, what do you mean it won't be you in six years? No, not six, 60. <laughs> I plan on being here in six years, okay? Probably won't be here in 60 years. But in 60 years, some minister is going to be in front of this congregation, and probably you won't be here either. At least most of you. There's a few of you in mind. And they're going to be talking about what this church did in 2020 during the pandemic and what they did in the following year in 2021, in 2022, in 2023. You see, the foundation that has been laid for us starting all the way back in the 50s when that group from the Orchard Group began to pray about starting a church on Long Island and then planning a church here, each one of the ministers, each one of the elders, each one of the deacons, each one of the members that's been a part of this congregation over the past 60 years has made us who we are now. Without them, we would be somebody different and possibly not even exist. But because of them, this is us. And it's our responsibility to carry that on. Carry on that tradition so that 60 years from now, they'll be able to look back and say, we are where we are now because of what that congregation did in 2020 and 2021 and 2022. Because this is us. The people that were a part of that congregation in April of 1960, they are us. The people that will be a part of this congregation in, what, 2080, they are us. This is us. And when it comes to strategy, it's just about being intentional. We became very intentional through this whole pandemic of continuing to communicate that same message. We, we stepped up our online presence. We did different things that we needed to do. Like I said, some of them worked well, some of them didn't. But we continued to move forward and do what we could to best communicate the message. And it's all about being intentional. Now, we talked about our story. What about our target? Who are we trying to reach? Who are we trying to reach? Again, I want to look at this uh, passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. This time in the Living Bible, I'll look at the way it works this. Yes, whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him so that he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. You see, Paul adjusted to whoever he was trying to reach at the time. He was trying to reach the Jews, he used a different method. When he was trying to reach the Gentiles, he used a different method. When he was in an area where he saw all these statues raised up to, to different gods and one to an unknown god, he used a different method to be able to reach them. And it all depended on who he was trying to reach at the time. Now, there's approximately about 27,000 people in Glencoe. That's not counting the surrounding areas, which we also 
reach. But just in Glen Cove, there are 20, around 27,000 people. Of that 27,000 people, 39.9% have no religious affiliation. Now, that's a very vague statement, religious affiliation. That doesn't mean you're committed to Christ. It doesn't mean you're plugged into a church. It doesn't mean that you're, you're actively serving God. It's just you have a religious affiliation. <laughs> that there's some kind of connection somewhere of some kind to some sort of belief system. And there's 39.9% just in Glen Cove that have no religious affiliation. Now, if you add to that those that are not actively involved in a church or even following Jesus, I believe that we can conservatively round that up to 50%. At least 50%. It's probably much higher, but at least 50%. You know what that means? Just in Glen Cove, again, not counting the surrounding areas, which we also reach, just in Glen Cove, let me check my math on this, if there's 50% of 27,000 people that are not following Jesus, that is 13,500 people. Is my math good on that? Well, that's our target, folks. 13,500 people who are unchurched and don't know Jesus. That is our target. Now, we probably won't reach all of those people. I'm an optimist. You know I'm an optimist. I'm always looking at the positive side, maybe even to a fault at times. But even I know that we probably won't reach all 13,500 people. But what if we just reached 1%? Again, check me on my math, but I think that's 135 people. Am I right? 135 people who need Jesus, and we've got them. And we just need to share them. And we need to better understand how can we find common ground with them? What methods, what strategy, what intention can we use to share the gospel with them? And listen, when I talk about this, it's not so that we can say, oh, wow, we got another notch in our gun or another person for Jesus. And you know, how many numbers we got in that? It's not about all of that. It's about people who need Jesus. And us sharing it out of love. Not out of keeping score, but out of love. Because we know how great it is to follow a Jesus that loves us more than we can ever comprehend. And we want other people to experience the same Jesus. Is there anybody here that has ever been hunting? One. You see, that's the difference between New York churches and Kentucky churches. <laughs> in a Kentucky church, I ask that question, every hand goes up. And if a hand doesn't go up, they try to find a counselor for that person. <laughs> now, I'm not a big hunter. I've been hunting. Uh, my dad was a hunter. Tammy's dad was a hunter. But there is one thing I know about hunting. If you go deer hunting, and there's a whole field full of deer. Do you try to shoot every one of those deer? No. 
Even non-hunters know that, right? <laughs> what do you do? You narrow in on one. And you try to get that one. Because if you try to get them all, you may not get any. But if you narrow in on that one, you're more likely to get just that one. And it's just called being focused. If we try to reach everybody and have all these numerous different plethora of methods to reach everybody in our community, we're probably not going to reach anybody. You ever wonder why a radio station doesn't play every genre of music? I mean, you hear, you hear a rock song, and then you hear an easy listening song, then you hear a reggae song, then you hear a country song, then you hear a bluegrass song. You don't, you don't have radio stations like that. You know why? Because nobody would listen to it. <laughs> nobody. So we got to figure out who it is we're trying to reach, and what is the best way to reach that person. One of the goals that we set for 2020 in the leadership retreat was to reach more people in their 20s and 30s. Now, let me tell you, you won't reach the people in their 20s and 30s the same way you reach people in their 60s and 70s. You just won't. Now, this statement is not a statement of exclusion. We want everybody who wants to come through those doors to come through those doors. It's not about turning people away. And listen, Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. That was his specific focus. That's what he focused on the most. But he also led Jews to Jesus as well. He didn't exclude them just because his focus was on the Gentiles. And as we look at our focus, it's not that we exclude everybody else, but we look at who we're trying to reach and what methods and strategy we can use to reach them with this message of the gospel. That's what it's all about. Our story, our target, our process. Let's look at this. We Again, we want to be intentional about what we do. And we want people to not only to come to Jesus, we want people to grow in Jesus. We want people to be equipped for ministry. We want people to be equipped to be able to share the gospel with other people. All of that's not going to happen all at once. You know, when somebody comes forth and, and, and they, they decide to be baptized, and we baptize them, and then we go, all right, now go tell five more people about Jesus and bring them next Sunday. You're going to freak them out. Man. <laughs> yeah, some of you have been Christians for 20 years, and you're freaking out at that statement, right? It's a process that we go through. Look at this, um, look at this image we got, this graph. I want to look at this a minute. You see that this is, these are all circles, and the circle narrows as it goes down. We've got a title for each circle. The community is Glen Cove and the surrounding area. Surrounding areas. That's our community. That's who we're trying to reach. There's at least, just at Glen Cove, this is not counting, you know, Sea Cliff and Oyster Bay and, and Miamitown and all, all those areas around us. I mean, that number is going to get even bigger. But just in Glen Cove, we got 13,500 people in our community. That is people that, for the most part, have never been inside our church. They've probably never watched us online or maybe once or twice, but not consistently. They're just out there. And, and probably most of them don't even know who we are. That is our community. Our goal as a church 
is to bring that community into the crowd. Now, what's the crowd? That's those people that have come to our church, maybe come on a somewhat consistent basis. They never made a decision to follow Jesus. They never made a decision to become a part of the church. But something brings them here. They're either watching us online or they're coming to a service and they're a part of the crowd. Now, what we want to do is we want to lead that crowd into the congregation. The congregation is people that have made a decision for Jesus and a decision to be a part of Glen Cove Christian Church. They want to be a part of what we are doing here. There's a little, there's a, there's a, each, each level here is another level of commitment. After the congregation, we got the committed. The committed are those that have not only made a decision for Jesus to be a part of this church, but they've made a conscious, intentional decision to grow in their Christian walk. That's what we've been talking about the majority of this year, moving forward in faith. We've talked about developing those habits and those practices that help us to grow in our faith. We've talked about spending more time in the, in the Bible, spending more time in prayer. We've talked about giving. We've talked about building relationships with other Christians. All of those things help us to grow in our faith. And some people have made a conscious decision to go to that level of commitment. Now, from the committed, we want to lead them to the core. And the core are those people that have decided not only do they want to grow, they want to serve. They want to do some kind of volunteer ministry within the church. And I know several of you have done it. Several of you have made that step. But we want to always encourage people to take the next step. Where are you? Are you, are you, are you in the crowd? You're just kind of coming to see what's going on. Maybe you like the music. Maybe you like making fun of the preacher. I don't know. There's something that's <laughs> is, is brought you here. And you just like coming. That's great. We want you here. What's your next step in that? And this step is doing service. Now, this last step here, what we call the commission, that's where they've made a conscious decision to say, I want to share Jesus with other people. I want to tell other people, I want to invite my friends to church, my unchurched friends, my friends that maybe don't know Jesus. Maybe they're 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 kind of asking about those things, they're looking for something. Bring them in. And let's just and again, loving them. Loving. It's not about high attendance. It's not about, you know, keep track of a conversion rate and all that stuff. It's because we love people. That we want to do this. We've experienced something that has changed our lives, not only for this lifetime, but for eternity. And we want to tell other people about that so that they can have the same experience. And like I said, all this this isn't going to happen at once, in most cases. Some cases it may. And listen, it may not always happen in sequence. You may get involved in a ministry before you actually start doing things to, to grow in your commitment. And that's okay. That's okay. This is a general process. It's not a it's not a rigid thing. It's a general process of what typically happens in our life and in our spiritual development. And so we want to be intentional about each one of those steps. And right now, for the congregation stage, we have a class that we do. If you want to become a member of Glen Cove Christian Church, we have a two-hour class that we go through that go through that talks about the church. 
what it is, what we're about, and they can make an educated decision at the end of that class whether they want to be a part of this group or not. It's not going to be a surprise for them when they get involved and go, oh, well, I didn't know that. No, they'll know. And I would encourage those that are already members and have been members for years, I would encourage you to take that class. And every four to five years or so, I would encourage you to take it again. Because you know As we grow, as we develop, as we learn, some of that stuff's going to be adjusted. The message will never change. The methods will always be changing. So I just encourage you to do that. I think we're, we may offer a, another one of those classes after the new year. Um, we've done one once, and I know Jim did a class um, before I got here as well. And so I'll just encourage you to take it. It's called Lincoln Christian Church 101. And eventually what we will do, this is a cool thing, for each one of these levels, congregation, committed, core, commissioned, we will have a class that equips and prepares us for each step along the way. That's our process. Helping people develop from, go from being a member to maturity, to ministry, to mission. It's an intentional process of helping each other through that process. And listen, everybody goes at a different pace. We're not going to say, oh, you know, you've been a part of this church for a month and you haven't taken it. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Everybody works at a different, different pace. How is God leading you? We just want to be here to help facilitate that. Because I believe that every church should be a training ground for what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And that's what this process is all about. Remember Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Now we are no longer strangers to God or foreigners to heaven, but we are all members of God's very own family. We are citizens of God's country. And each one of you belongs in God's household with every other Christian. This is us, guys. We are in this together. We are going this journey together. We are moving from the community to the crowd, to the congregation, to the committed, to the core, to the commission, together. This is us. Let's pray. God, we thank you for loving us the way you do. God, I thank you for Gogi Chapel way back in the 50s, 60 plus years ago, that prayed about what you wanted to do on Long Island in this area, in Wincove and surrounding areas. And God, they followed through with the direction that you gave them. And over the past 60 years, they have followed through with the direction that you gave them. God, help us to continue that torch, to continue carrying that torch and follow through with the direction that you give us. God, if there's anybody here this morning that does not know Jesus as their personal Savior, I pray that they make that decision before they leave here. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.